All right, what is going on, everyone? Casey Adams here. Welcome back to the Rise of the Young podcast. Today, we are joined with the one and only Derek Moneyberg. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Derek. Thanks for inviting me. So we got connected through a mutual friend, Ryan, and when he told me about who you are and you know we talked about coming on the podcast, I was excited because I know from what I can see on social media when it comes to your coaching business and everything that you've done in the, in the investing world, uh, I was just fascinated as not only someone that's looking to always learn more about that, but I think for the audience, this is going to be a great conversation. And, and again, I'm excited to have it. So I appreciate you coming out. Nice. Thank you. Happy to help. So for people that may not know who you are, what you do, I'd love for you to give them a high level 60 foot view of where you spend your time on a day to day basis. I spend a lot of my time with uh, doing boring things <laughs> that most of them don't want to do. And uh, I have to read financial statements and think about, you know, like serious business decisions and, uh, you know, I, I was an entrepreneur since I was seven. I made my first entrepreneurial money, you know, walking dogs and cutting grass and shoveling snow, raking leaves, trimming bushes, painting a fence like Huckleberry Finn for the neighbor. <laughs> and um, that's 35 years ago. I'm 42 right now. So I, I spent my life in, you know, involved in entrepreneurial related things. And I quit my last job. I, I had a couple of temporary jobs for, for short times. And I quit my last job when I was 19. And I thought, why the hell would I ever want a job? I knew I, knew I failed badly. I knew I failed really badly if I ever had a job again. And I really, yeah. any job, I never wanted a job again. So, you know, my life story intertwines with um, thinking through entrepreneur. How do, we, how do we build those entrepreneurial dollars? And how do we do that? You know, everybody wants to do some trendy bullshit right now. Yep. And the internet says that everybody that does some stupid trendy bullshit, you, you don't have to work, you don't have to think, you don't have to do anything. And magically, you're going to be a you know hundred millionaire or maybe a multi-billionaire, and I just, I, it's just stupid. It's the stupidest thought, and the, the people that have those stupid thoughts perpetually deserve the terrible outcomes that they're about to have. And you know, the people that I really enjoy working with are, are people that already have. They value education. They have a real work ethic. They want to do something significant with their lives, and uh, they had the calling that I did. That they they knew if they if they learned the right things, if they had the right social networks, if they put themselves around the right people, that they could build a much better life for themselves. They yeah. could have a lot more freedom. And I, I won't dominate the conversation here, but I'm, I'm a bit long-winded. <laughs> but uh, no, the, and there's the people that have a special place in my heart. Is like, you know, even, even if you have a job, even if you had a job, heaven forbid, but even if you have a job right now, you still need to know about entrepreneurship. The things that yep. you're, you're helping people understand are very important. The, you need to understand about entrepreneurship. How are you going to advance in an organization if you just show up and do the bare minimum? Yep. You can't even get a raise or a promotion, let, let alone have a significant savings that would make you an investor long term. So th those are a couple of loose thoughts, yeah. and you can zoom in <coughs> as you care to. But a few loose thoughts I had is that you know, entrepreneurship is, means that even within an organization that you might be working in now, that'll get you a raise, it'll get you a promotion, it'll get you additional income mm. and additional competence to do more things by yourself like, a, like an adult like a responsible, independent human. And if you did that over time, you know, pretty soon you're going to have a surplus of cash and you'll be able to invest that. And, you know, beyond entrepreneurship, I, I think entrepreneurship is a level. There's like, there's like bum, there's bum, and there's like employee of various gradients, and there's entrepreneurs of various gradients, and then there's investors. And, you know, ideally, I think, uh, I, I would suspect you and most people that you associate with are, are already investors in something or they want to be investors long-term, that your money's making money for you Yep. And if you're doing some sort of work, you're doing it out of love because you enjoy doing that, not because you would have to for the money. Yeah. When did you first get involved in investing and what type of investment vehicles did you um, really like start with early on? 
So I was a little kid, and then, you know, some people, kids were watching like cartoons, and I was watching CNBC. And CNBC is not what it used to be. CNBC yeah. actually was informational television that you actually used to learn things, and now they've turned it into political theater, like a lot of television has become, uh, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, I wanted to understand, you know, how, how does the economy work? And I was thinking that way since, I, I don't know, I was four or five, and kids wanted to watch cartoons, and I wanted to watch <laughs> business television. <laughs> yeah. I, call, I called it the business channel. Like, mom, turn on the business channel. Does business that come, channel. I'm just curious, like, does that come from your parents or your upbringing, or was that just like naturally inside of you based on what you know? No, my, my mother was not a very ambitious person, so I couldn't attribute anything to her, honestly. Um, I, I'd say she was more of a negative role model than a positive role model that is one of those people in your life that you, you learn a lot of things that you like, oh, shit, I don't want to do that because that leads to this bad outcome or that bad outcome, you know? And... Um, you know, my father was in prison for a lot of my childhood. My father was uh, convicted of cocaine trafficking. So he spent 15 years of my childhood. Uh, wow. He was gone. So, yeah, maybe I, maybe I got an entrepreneurial <laughs> bug from him. <laughs> but I also wanted to avoid that prison part. I can't endorse that. So <laughs> there's, there's a lot of legal ways to make money than, and a lot more money than, uh, you know, doing anything nefarious or criminal. Absolutely. So when, when you look at your life now, you've worked with tens and thousands of individuals when it comes to the, like helping them learn about investing. Is that correct? Yeah. When did that start in terms of the, the education to help people and to build a community around people that you can help? Um, funny thought, I never said this on camera before, but funny thought is, um, you know, I'm a high school dropout. Um, I was never going to take an order as much as I, I was always very motivated. I was, um, I wanted to learn things. I wanted to, to work hard. I always had that bug in my head, you know. But I was never very good at taking orders or doing things <laughs> that I wasn't uh, self-inclined to do. So I was probably, uh, I think my first teaching gig, if you will, is when they would send me for tutoring, uh, you know, <laughs> in, in high school. And instead of paying attention to, to the tutors, I would just, like, tutor the other kids in math. I was just <laughs> And I was very good at it. I was naturally gifted at math, so... Instead of doing what the what I was there for, um, yep. I would end up you know kind of being a, a, a teacher aide, if you will, and helping other kids learn math <laughs> and some social studies and history type things. So that's probably my first uh, unofficial teaching gig. And then uh, I, I think over time I had managerial positions in my work when I was a you know teenager. Um, I think o over time, if you if a person's naturally inclined that. You, you have a natural curiosity and ambition that you want to learn things and implement like pragmatic knowledge, uh, you, you kind of naturally fall into some of those roles. And I, I was involved in a friend's public speaking company earlier in life, and uh, I helped him grow that from nothing to over $100 million in revenue. <coughs> wow. Um, and then, you know, I built my own you know, business business, helping people understand investing in entrepreneurship, you know, mostly investing in uh, global markets, primarily uh, stock market and real estate, and then understanding, like, how do we get that entrepreneurial money to make that transition from, from employee, you know, through gradients of entrepreneurship to go on to be a, a full-time investor? Absolutely. <clears throat> Question for you. I know, you know, the last year and a half just regarding the economy has been all over the place. COVID happened, all these different things. In your eyes, like, when you look at the market, like, are, is it a healthy market? How do you analyze it? Like, what should the younger or people know that are, let's say, first putting their first dollar in the stock market today? Because I think as investors, you see all these crazy things, right, with the, the AMC short squeeze and all these different things. It's like, what is going on here? But when you look at the market today, like, how do you analyze it? And what are some tips and tricks that you would recommend for people that are just getting started? 
if you don't understand the, the nuts and bolts of how financial markets work, you're going to lose your ass. And that, you know, I spent nine years in universities. Um, I went to University of Chicago. It was the number one ranked MBA program out of 416 at the time I was there. And um, if you can't understand, if you can't read financial statements, they don't want to hear this. Nobody wants to hear this. They don't <laughs> want to hear, hey, you have to learn accounting. If you want to be a real business person, you're going to learn accounting or you're going to be robbed. You're going to, those are your choices. If you're going to be involved in business and you don't understand accounting, you're going to make terrible investments and people are going to steal from you or you're going to learn accounting. Right? You're, you're going to learn economics. You, know, and you don't have to have a PhD in economics, but you better have a pretty good grip of you know, how does, what's the micro and macro economic theories and how do those intertwine with one another and how do you know, fundamentals of finance. And if you don't have a, a, a legitimate education and if you don't understand statistics, then you don't understand probability. And if you can't understand probabilities, how the hell do you make an investment in anything if you don't know the probability of an outcome? So people don't want to hear these things. They want to hear <laughs> get rich quick, bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. And that's why they stay poor. And people that I know that are wealthy, they, they value education. They have a real work ethic. Um, I, I don't know a super successful CEO that can't read financial statements. And if, if there is one accidentally, then he has you know somebody very close to him that he trusts that can read the financial statements and you know, if you want to rely on somebody else to do that, there's, I mean, you're you're putting a lot of faith in somebody that doesn't necessarily have your back long term. So I think it's a terrible idea. So you have to understand business fundamentals. Yeah. And regarding <coughs> what you said about the the COVID hysteria, which is the greatest hysteria of our lifetime, and whenever there's a great hysteria, there's a great opportunity. People get scared. Yep. People panic sell. And I, I could talk for two hours <laughs> on the mechanisms of like why why the market can drop so much and. And really erroneously, there, there's a lot of ways, you know, the brief version, there's, there's people get scared and sell. Then there's a lot of mechanisms in the market where they have, you know, funds have to unwind leverage and some funds have to, are forced to sell because it's in their covenants where they, they agreed when they took investor money that if a stock goes down 10%, for instance, then we sell that stock. And that's good marketing, but it's actually bad for, the, for those investors, you know, during those times because they're, they're selling a company that might be a very good company but they're selling it not because they want to or based on fundamentals, but that's what they said in, you know, to, to create confidence to, to get investment money to begin with. So you have these cascading events where you know, market prices can collapse like they did in you know, April, uh, March 20, uh, 2020. April 2020, things started to turn around. And you know, if, you, if you understand how the market functions and if you understand um, how a business functions, which again is... If you, you have to understand entrepreneurship to even be a good investor. If you don't, what is entrepreneurship? It's like, <laughs> how does a business work? Yep. How do we build a business and the various functions of a business from, from nothing into something significant? And that's a fantastic foundation to, to be an investor. You have to know these things. So when, when the market collapses like that, there's tremendous wealth changes. I made over $20 million in a year and a half to, during that time. And I, I'll make a lot more in yeah. my lifetime. So that's a year and a half. Yeah. <laughs> That's so incredible. They don't want to hear about financial statements, but if I couldn't look at the numbers and understand what's happening in the company, you wouldn't be able to do that. Yep. If someone does want to better educate themselves in that specific language of reading financial statements, where do you recommend they start? I mean, you, you could take, a, I don't want to teach people accounting. That's not <laughs> what I do, okay? Like you could, uh, you could take a community college class and understand, you know, basic financial accounting, basic managerial accounting, they might call it something slightly different at your local school. Um, 
you could take a you could take a community college class and understand those things. I don't want to help people. It's not my goal to be <laughs> a, uh, an accounting professor. Yeah, absolutely. I don't particularly love the topic, except it made me a lot of money. Yeah, and you, you can't run a business if you don't understand the numbers. Right? But you know, as far as understanding how the various functions of entrepreneurship fit together, I do help people with that. I have a mentoring course that I help people with that. But I'm not here to pitch courses. You know, have have a casual conversation. If somebody wants to do something, they'll find me and we'll absolutely. figure it out. But um, I have a mentoring course around you know fundamentals of entrepreneurship. I have another one around real estate. I have a third one around global markets. I'm not making a fourth one. I don't need a. <laughs> there's not a fourth or a fifth one coming. It's like if you understood those three areas, over ninety percent of people that have a net worth of a million dollars or more made at least some of that money in real estate. Uh, and you know, in in, in my opinion, I, I don't know a better way in the world to move again from to, to to earn your freedom to be able to spend your time before you're dead. If you don't value your time, you don't value your life, by the way. So be able to spend your time the way you want to, the little bit of time you have before you're dead, that sounds pretty good to me. Anybody else that's interested in that, like, you probably like to not have a job. <laughs> you probably like to have a lot of money without having to go show up somewhere for 40 or 60 or 90 hours a week to go get that money. And the best way to do that is you have to understand entrepreneurship. And then long term, you have to be an investor and let your money work for you. Absolutely. When did you get involved in real estate and what was your first real estate deal? I was 19. I bought my first house when I was 19. And um, there's nothing spectacular. I was, I was going to college and I thought, well, you know, I could either rent a place for uh, whatever, $800,000 a month at that time for an okay place near a university that I was going to. Um, or I could just buy a house and I could rent out the rooms in the house and, you know, live there for free, essentially, have a better place. You'll be the, the, the landlord or the, <laughs> you know, the c- control the environment better. And um, so, yeah, I was at a you know, three-bedroom house plus attic. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I rented that attic. Too. <laughs> I love that. And then I bought the neighbor's house, and then I bought some other things, and then I bought some other things. And uh, I hate being a landlord, by the way. And it depends what state you're in, but some states the, uh, the courts won't enforce your contracts very well. And it's, it's a maddening experience when... You have a contract that says that you and your tenant are going to behave with each other a certain way, and you hold up your part, and they don't pay you. <laughs> and then you go to court, and the judge says, well, let them stay there a few more months. It's oh. Christmas. So you can't tell your banker, you know, hey, man, it's Christmas. I'm not paying you for a few months. <laughs> your bank don't want to hear that, but the judge might tell you that about your tenants. You know? yeah. So that, that's a rougher business, but um, th- there's a lot of ways to make money in real estate. There's a lot of ways to make money in real estate. A lot of wealthy people do. <clears throat> yeah. Are you more involved in the like single-family homes or commercial or where do you spend your time now I, I really like distressed investing i like to again i like to buy things there tends to be a lag in the market if you have well let's rewind to you know the the 2008 2009 financial crisis is you know december onwards december 2008 i start buying stocks and the market continued to go down and continue to you're not going to get your market timing perfect you're never going to uh, so the market continued to go down uh turned around you know first week of march 2009 and I bought a lot of casino stocks, a lot of several other things, but primarily casino stocks. Well, the stock market will tend to rebound before the real estate market rebounded, and you know that that happened in the past. I think that'll happen to some extent in this re, in this current recession of you know uh, that started in 2020. And if you can get some money, you know, in in those distressed times when everybody's panicked, if you can get some money in the market, and you know, people say, "Jerk," but I don't have a lot of money yet. Yeah, and you're never going to unless you start. So, Jarek, how much do I need to rent? Would start, whatever you have, start there. Wherever you're at, start there. That's reality. Wherever you're at in life, start there. But whatever you have that you can invest, you need to be in those market opportunities. You get to multiply that. And, you know, 
I, I found that the market tends to lag. The, the housing market will tend to lag, a uh, recovery in a housing market. And, um, you know, so I had, I mean, there were still good deals in real estate in some places until early 2013. We were buying things yeah. aggressively. So, and you can buy things with leverage. It's normal to get a mortgage. It's normal that you're buying things with leverage in real estate because it's considered a lot more secure than a stock or, you know, a bond, et cetera. So, um, I think that's a fantastic. I, I, I don't want to have rental properties personally in the future. I know a lot of people that do. There's a lot yeah. of money made that way. But I was I was buying like uh, land parcels. I was buying some single family homes, and you know some of these things were paying you know 15 cents on the dollar, 18 yeah. cents on the dollar for land, and because nobody wanted the land at the time. Yeah. And you could pay 40, 50 cents on the dollar for nice homes at that time, and you know you're just making a down payment. So you're you know if you made a 20 percent down payment and you bought the thing for half off. Then you know you and you you <laughs> sold it later after it recovered. You can your cash on cash returns can be very significant. Absolutely. Where do you spend your time on a daily basis, and how do you manage your time? I know like this interview, the way you, you operate your life, the content I've seen, like as you said before, like time is of the essence. You have to manage your time. You have to be very particular in how you spend it. How do you spend your time? I, I try to I try to make sure I never spend my time with people that don't keep commitments. That uh, if we make a plan, I'm going to follow through with that plan. If I'm not dead, I'm going to do what I said I'm going to do. And if somebody else isn't going to do what they said they were going to do, it's a, it's a good indicator that I don't need to spend time with that person in the future. And some people think that sounds harsh. But you know, I, I like to be around you know, smart people, motivated, keep their word. Uh, I'm not always nice. I don't, I don't say things nice or gentle or soft, politically correct. So people that value political correctness more than factual correctness, again, deserve the terrible outcomes they're about to have because they're lying to themselves all day. So I, I just try to think about reality like it is. It's like, you know, if you hang out with people that also value a pragmatic education, they're ambitious, they want to go do something significant, their brain's working well, um, they're reliable. You know, if you make a commitment to do something, you're going to do that together. You're, you're going to win. You hang around with people like that, and guess who they hang out with? More people like that. <laughs> and more Absolutely. people like that. And um, so I say you, you, can't, you can't spend time with people that... Um, they're not even serious about their own future. They're not even committed to their own success. And I call them legacy friends. Everybody has a legacy friend or two. I've really cut away, I think I cut away all of mine, but maybe I'm in denial of that. But I sure as hell cut away a lot of them. And let me define a legacy friend. Your legacy friends are people that if you met them today, you would never start a friendship together. <laughs> but you met them somewhere in your past and you've allowed them to linger around and they've been, you know, grandfathered into your life, so to speak. And um, it's a great idea to cut those people off. If they're not going to be part of your future, if they're not, if they're not even serious about their own future to, to contribute to it and contribute to yours, uh, just get rid of these people. And, and again, people don't want to say, oh, but my brother, it's my brother, it's my family, but it's my friend from back in the day. And Well, yeah. you know it's time to get rid of them when you can only talk about things from back in the day. <laughs> Because if, if, if you talk about things you did recently, they either think you're a liar or they think you're trying to brag to impress them or something. If you just talked objectively about your present, some of those people get offended, you know? So those are great people yeah, to get rid of. Yeah, no, I love that. I've never heard that before, the way you said that. <laughs> Very cool. So I know we were talking before. You were based in Chicago, born and raised there? I was raised in Illinois, in Nevada. I was back and forth in Las Vegas and Illinois a lot of my childhood. And I, I traveled a lot as an adult. I spent several years just traveling, traveling. So yeah. uh, I feel very comfortable wherever I am today. Yeah. What have been some of the biggest challenges that you've had to overcome throughout your journey of entrepreneurship? Oh, wow. If you look, early stage entrepreneurship, 
you're just going to get your ass kicked. You're, you're going to look stupid. You're going to feel stupid. Uh, you're going to make a lot of bad mistakes. And, um, you know, if, you, if you're not willing to tolerate that, then, you know, may, maybe drive an Uber. Maybe you could be a, like a Starbucks manager or something like that, you know. But, um, yeah, you, you have to be willing to, to look stupid, to feel stupid, uh, to shake that off and, and, you know, carry on. So, well, what can I learn from this? And uh, what piece of information, if I knew that yesterday, would help me avoid making that dumbass mistake? So, and that'll inform you, what do you need to learn today so you don't make a dumbass mistake like that again? And you'll make a different mistake. <laughs> that doesn't mean yeah. you're not going to have mistakes. It means you're going to make a different mistake. So, uh, yeah, I just expect, even today, um, I, I don't feel bad about this at all, so I, I don't want anybody to think it's negative. Uh, but, you, you know, if you're, if you're ambitious and getting things done, like, you know, you're going to wake up and you're going to fight three wars every day. And you're you're going to win a couple battles and you're probably going to lose a battle somewhere. And you've got to be in a pretty, you know, a pretty stable mood throughout that, that probably a couple of great things are going to happen in your day. Probably something shitty is going to happen. And, um, you know, make, make sure you learn from those things and cut out the things that um, you don't want more of that in your future. You have to learn from those mistakes and hopefully learn from other people's mistakes first so you don't make them yourself. But a lot of people have to make a few mistakes first before they're willing to learn from anybody else. Absolutely. Did you have any key mentors in your life that helped you avoid mistakes? Yeah, I had a lot. I had, uh, I'd say I started with a lot of negative role models, if I bring that term back to life here. Is there were a lot of people around me that, um, you know, they were, they were engaging in, uh, you know, too much alcohol, too much drugs, criminal behavior. And I grew up in an environment like that where that was pretty normal, you know. And, um, you know, by the time I was, uh, you know, my late teens, I, I thought, you know, I really got to get away from these people. And I, you know, I mean, it, it wouldn't be a, an unfair thing to say, like, I kind of spent the last 25 years, just how do I get further and further away <laughs> from those people? How do you get further away? So I had a lot of negative role models like that. But what I learned is, uh, you know, at first I just had books. I didn't have access to people that were, were you know, winning, winning yep. in any significant way. So at first I just had books. And, you know, some of those books, you were reading biographies, not fiction books, not fiction. If you're reading fiction, you're, you're dedicating your life to stupidity. You're dedicating yourself to a life of poverty if you're reading fiction instead of something that's going to pragmatically enhance your value, something that if you internalized that wisdom and implemented that in your life, you'd have better relationships, more money, et cetera, et cetera. So not fiction. Um, but I, I read a lot of biographies. I've read a lot of uh, psychology or business type books. And that, that helped quite a lot. And then I got my ass to, you know, back to school, got myself to, you know, through university, highest honors, um, associate's degree, because I was a high school dropout. So I, then I had to go get my, I took my GED. I got, let, let me, let, let's, let's talk about the, here. I said something earlier about I made a good chunk of money recently, but let's rewind the clock on that. When I was, when I was 18, I was fresh out of county jail from a, a violent altercation where a young man approached me with a knife and I shot a gun a couple times near his head. Not at his head, near his head. So I spent 90 days in county jail when I was 17, 18. Wow. When I was 18, I got out of county jail. I'm a high school dropout, fresh out of jail, and I lied on my application to get a job at Walmart to stock shelves and unload trucks. Right? And the, the value of pragmatic knowledge, the value of learning more every day and banishing a bit of your ignorance, right? You, you fast forward about 10 years from there, I had my first million dollars. And a few years later, I had a few million dollars. And now I have quite a bit of money, and I want a lot more. There's plenty of people that have more money than I do. 
but it's been a long time since I ever had to work another day in my life. Right? And, you know, that you can't do that by yourself. You have to learn from other people's mistakes, or else you're suffering. <laughs> you have to make them yourself. You have to do one or the other. But that, that sort of mindset, it qualified me that I went from those books to, to meeting some of those authors in real life, to having some of them as professors in my universities. Uh, you know, and some of my mentors later on are multi-billionaires. You know, not like I met them one time and we, we shook hands, but people that I know, and yeah. if I text them, they're happy to talk to me, you know. Uh, had, you know, two of my professors were Nobel Prize winners. Uh, Richard Thaler is one of them. Shout out to Richard Thaler, University of Chicago. What up, Richard? I know you're watching <laughs> right now. What's up, Richard? I know you watch Rise of the Young. <laughs> Um, so I mean, you know, that, that's, just, that's really quite a dichotomy, you know. Absolutely. And that would that wouldn't happen accidentally. It's not going to happen because you were at home chilling. It's not going to happen because you were more concerned about the trendy thing than some sort of timeless wisdom. It's just, it's uh, that's a dream. So you, you have to, if you're going to be back to your core question, if you're going to be good at entrepreneurship, you have to be willing to look stupid, uh, feel stupid, feel like shit, and just do a little better every day. And if you're willing to do that, I, I would say for two to three years, realistically, then you never have to feel that way again in your life. You'll have enough traction that things are you know, way better than you probably thought they were going to be and can, can continue to be better, 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 better. And then you can do whatever you want with your life after that. You know? What does, um, not, not only a dream life, like what does a rich, fulfilling life look like to you? Uh, you know, look, I grew up poor. I'm half a Jew. Um, I like money. But, but what does money mean? It's, money is your freedom. Money buys you your time. Money gives you the freedom to, to have the stuff you'd like in life. Money buys you the freedom that you don't have to spend time with people that you think are asswipes. You got enough money, you don't have to spend time with asswipes. You got enough money, you, you, know, you, you see something at the store you like, you buy one. You see something at the store you like, you buy one for you and your friends if you feel like it. You know, the other thing that money means... Money means the difference of your kids going to some piece of shit public school run by the idiot politicians we have in our country today or going to a private school where they could actually get an education and do something useful with their life. Money means the difference between your kids being able to go to you know, piano lessons or dance lessons or MMA lessons. I didn't have any of that shit when I was a kid. I wish I did. Uh, money is the difference between your daughter having braces or being a snaggletooth ugly bitch and getting made fun of by other girls at school. Money is the difference between your son being able to have, you know, the cool sports gear to be accepted by the cool kids that are going to go play pro sports later in life instead of being kind of bullied and he's just some, some little runt poor kid with low self-esteem. So people that just think, you know, oh, there's more to life than money. No, there's not fucking much more to life than money. Oh, there's not fucking more. So I don't know any poor people that wouldn't like to have some more money. And, you know, and the truth is, you know, 80-some percent, 84%, I believe, of people that have a million dollars or higher net worth, they got it themselves. So it's not just some rich kid shit. It's like, that's like one out of seven people. One out of seven millionaires were like, you know, inherited that. You know, the other six out of seven went and did something. And if you want to have the freedom to live your life the way you want to, you're, you're going to have to have less freedom in the short term and do what's required so you can have freedom for the rest of your life and do whatever you want to. And, and be able to do whatever you want to for your friends, your family, any causes that you might care about, etc. There's nothing noble about being poor or middle class. Politicians pander to middle class, like is there something special? There's nothing special. That's mediocrity. It's the middle class. There's nothing special about me and mediocre. There's nothing noble about me and mediocre. The most, normal, <coughs> the most noble thing you could do is go do something significant that you'd be proud of and to be able to pro provide the sort of lifestyle that you would want to live for yourself and for the people and causes that you care about. 
Wow, that was incredible. <laughs> I appreciate that. Speaking on that, what are some causes that you care about and why? I'd like to help other entrepreneurs. Um, I think there's a lot of people that, that felt like I did that, um, you know, I went to school and, and some of my teachers, not all of them, I had a lot of good teachers. They, they meant well, you know? Yeah. They meant well. But they're middle class people themselves. And, you know, I grew up in a different sort of childhood. And I was... Uh, I didn't have a lot of structure in my home, so I had to think independently. I had to think, well, you know, mom's not going to fix anything. Dad's not here. Uh, this kind of sucks. And if I don't make the best of it, if I don't find something better to do, it's just not going to be good. If I don't make it good, it's just going to be bad. <laughs> like, it's going to be real bad. And that was the environment that I was in. And, you know, I, I kind of have a soft spot for helping those type of people. I don't want to help anybody that doesn't want to help themselves. I don't believe in... Uh, I'm not a charitable person. I've, I've donated to my university. I'm the biggest donor for my university uh, of my graduating class and for my graduate school. I've created scholarship money for entrepreneurs, scholarship fund for entrepreneurs, et cetera, at my undergrad university. So I do things like that, but I'm not a charitable person in general. Like, uh, you can't help somebody that doesn't want to help themselves. So I, I want to help people that have, they're probably frustrated themselves, and maybe they came from a much better background than me, and I hope you did. I hope you did. And some came from worse background, and, and good for you if you're getting out of it. But um, I want to help people that are motivated themselves, that um, they're gonna, they value education, they have a good work ethic, and they want to go do something significant in life, something that matters. I love that. When you look back on your journey, if you were to pinpoint like three core lessons that you would take that you want to give to somebody today listening, what would those be and why? 100% personal responsibility. If you're looking for a savior, your, your whole life's going to be a pile of shit, and you deserve it. So take 100% responsibility for your outcomes, even if it's not your fault. Even if somebody fucked you over uh, in, some, in some circumstance, you put yourself in that position and learn something from it. So you've you got to be 100% responsible for your outcomes. Don't be, don't be looking for a savior. That's really pathetic. It's a really pathetic thought, especially for a man. It's really pathetic, pathetic thought for a man to be thinking that way. Um... Now I got to come up with two more on the spot. Eh? <laughs> two I more love on those. the spot. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Um, you have, you know, if you if you don't have a curiosity about learning, um, somebody who does is going to be a lot smarter than you. And smart yeah. people have better outcomes than dumb people. And if you don't believe that, you're definitely dumb. So you, you have to have a curiosity about learning. You have to you have to trick your brain to be uh, thinking about you know education and product. You know, not 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 education in the terms of like you know some. Uh, some nonsense, you know, liberal arts degree of, uh, you know, memorizing some, some bullshit, half of it's a lie, and regurgitating on a test. But, like, what are the pragmatic things that would help you get more of what you want in life, that would, that would help your financial situation, would help your dating life? That, what, and what does that mean, your dating life? Well, have something to contribute to. You, you need to be the type of, if you, if you want a certain type of partner, you have to be the type of partner that that person would be attracted to. Uh, and, you know, if you want a, a high-quality, smart partner in your life, male, female, or confused, whatever they might be, um, you're going to have to be the, their ideal partner, too. So you know, anything that would, that would put you in a situation where you're going to have, you know, more options, more opportunities, higher-quality options, higher-quality opportunities, move towards that. You don't have to know exactly what you want to do right now. And I'm going to use that as the third one, by the way. You don't <laughs> have to know exactly what you want to do right now. If, if you're directionally correct and you're, you're learning about, you know, economics in general or business in general, if you're learning how to, you know, so let, let me say it this way. If, you were, if you're learning more about, you know, financial markets, entrepreneurship, uh, how business works in general, 
you know, and additionally, if you're learning about psychology, how humans think, you know, and, and a lot of what you learn about psychology applies to you more than anybody else. People think they study psychology to learn how everybody else is <laughs> messed up. You know, two-thirds of what you learn in psychology is how you're messed up, so you could, you know, self-correct some of your own stupid foibles, and, you know, the other third is why everybody else is crazy, but two-thirds is about yourself. And then I'd say third, if you could be a good communicator, that um, you, you need to be able to communicate with the other people. So you're going to be dealing with them until you're dead. You're going to be dealing with other humans until you're dead. So if I said those three things again, if you, if you understood how you know, business and economics works, if you understood uh, how the humans are thinking within that economy, and if you were able to communicate with those humans, there's nothing you couldn't have in life. And uh, think that through for yourself, but there's nothing you couldn't have in life. You, you need to be able to be a good communicator. You must, have to, you must understand uh, how you think and how others think. And you have to be able to deliver the goods. You have to give people things that they want and make their lives better. Or you know, if you're not enhancing someone's life, you're not going to be hanging out with the best people in the world. Yep. You know, I, I totally align with that. I mean, for me, since I was 16, it's about putting myself in a room with quality people that have not only the, the best experiences, but that can level me up in life. And a couple more questions before we wrap, your, wrap up here, Derek. When you think about your future, what are you most excited about and what wakes you up every day in the morning? Because like you said before, you don't have to get up, be somewhere. You're doing something because you're building on top of what you've already built. So what motivates you and what are you looking forward to in the future? I'm really building a fantastic financial network. I want to be around um, other smart people that understand entrepreneurship and are interested in investing. And that, that's really what I do. You know, I, I have a business, but... I mean, the, my, my business is basically someone paying a cover charge to be around other high-quality people like that. But I, I don't, you have to fill out an application. Uh, we reject a good chunk of those applications. We, we don't want anybody who's lazy or looking for some get-rich-quick. We, we I'm not worried about that at all. I want, I want to be around people that are they're smart, they're motivated, and they are serious about getting rich over whatever period of time that takes. And I, I feel like um, those are my people. That, that's how I am. That's how I think day-to-day. I just want to be around more people like that. So uh, that's really what this, the, the business that I created a few years ago. And, you know, we, we, look, we got all the little click funnels, plaques, and million dollars, million dollars, $10 million yeah. that everybody likes to show off on the internet. Well, I, I got those too. That's nice. But uh, the, the social network is worth more than the money. If, if I sit on my ass at my underwear, I'm going to make more money than I ever need to spend in my life playing around with the, the stock market or investments on my phone. Uh, but the people that I want to spend time with, that, you know, since I have that financial freedom, the people that I want to spend time with are, are the people that are you know, c- current and future millionaires and people that are serious about uh, you know, living a financially abundant life. And we can learn things from each other and have fun together. And it'd be unrelatable for me to hang out with other people. Those yeah, are my people. Absolutely. Before we wrap up, I'd love to give you a moment to tell people more about where they can find information about your programs, your courses, not only just like a, a plug, but something that's like the true meaning behind what the true meaning behind why you started it and you know, what they could look forward to if they get involved. Yeah. You could look forward to working your ass off. If you join one of my courses, you could look forward to working 150 to 200 hours over, you know, 10 or 12 weeks, depending on the course. And I, you know, if you can, you can start with entrepreneurship, um, you need you need all three. It's a curriculum. You don't you don't go to a university and take one course. You go through a curriculum, okay? And you know most of my clients, more than half, if they take one course, they end up joining the other two. So there, there's a reason for that. They're high quality. Uh, it's not for dummies. It's not for people that are lazy. If you're offended by easy, either of those words, you probably are dumb and or lazy. So it's not for you. But it, it is for people that are um, they're already smart. They, they're already they you you know inside that you could be and should be doing more with your life. 
you know inside that you're not really supposed to show up to uh, whatever you're doing right now or follow a normal career trajectory, that you're, you're willing to work hard for a period of time uh, to, to learn timeless concepts, to incorporate those into your psyche, and to be able to make you know, a, adult decisions, be, be a serious person and a, a serious entrepreneur and a serious investor. And um, you know, that, that's who my clients are. Most of my clients are college educated. A lot of them went to graduate school. They have you know, master's or doctorate degrees. Um, the ones that don't are, you know, there's, I have professional athletes, I have uh, a lot of people that are good at music or you know, high-level artists of some kind, um, some military people. But the, 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 the main point, again, you know, good, good education, you value education. If you don't have it yet, that's fine, I'll help. But you have to value education significantly, be willing to work your ass off. And we just kick people out of the course. If they don't do their homework, um, they, they don't get to reschedule. They don't, it's not a leisure thing. You're, you're going to work your ass off for you know, 15, 20 hours a week. And uh, probably they're going to curse at me at some time. They're going to wonder, why the hell did I sign up with this jerk? He's kind of grumpy. He's grumpy and cheery at the same time. I've never seen anything like it. Um, they're going to curse them. They're going to curse me. They're going to curse themselves. And the, the key thing that I know I, I've had a, a successful relationship with a client is when the course ends, after they had some sleepless nights, after they had to bake some... Uh, plans that they would have made. They're like, no, nah, I can't do that. I got to work. At the end of the course, uh, you know, the majority of my clients, 75% of them graduate. 25% we either kick them out or they drop out themselves. But the 75% yep. that graduate, it's a, you know, universally, uh, they thank me the, for the efforts that I put in. And most importantly, and most happy, happily for me, is they thank themselves for making the effort because it, it really changed their confidence and it really changed their life. I love that. Well, Last thing before we wrap up here, Derek, where is the best place for everyone watching and listening to follow you, to connect with you, and to learn more about what you have going on with your programs? Yeah, I got a few million followers on Instagram. You can find me at Derek Moneyberg. Um, also on YouTube, Derek Moneyberg. And uh, you know, my website, moneyberg.com, you could find uh, some information, basic information about the courses. But if you want to reach out and do something together, best way would be to, to send a DM me uh, through Instagram and be happy to help those that are serious. Awesome. Well, Derek, thank you so much for coming on today. I appreciate your time. Thanks for inviting me, Casey.